Welcome to Procurement Block, a podcast all about digital transformation in procurement and supply chain, and how blockchain, risk management, and change management all factor in. I'm your host, April Harrison, Marketing Director for Trust Your Supplier. I'm a procurement novice, eager to learn more from the people who are at the forefront of procurement innovation. On today's episode, I am being schooled by Susan Walsh, the classification guru. Susan also goes by many other names, such as Fixer of Dirty Data, Creator of Coat, MD, Mistress of Data, Expert in Spin Data Classification, Supplier Normalization, and Taxonomy Customization, TEDx Speaker, and author of Between the Spreadsheets, coming out in September. Susan and I discuss common issues with supplier data and how lip syncing ties into her philosophy of, if you're not having fun, you're not doing it right. Susan, welcome to the podcast. Can you tell us a bit more about yourself? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, So I am the self-appointed classification guru. I have been classifying spend data in procurement for a decade now. I also normalize suppliers and build customized taxonomies for procurement teams. And in addition to that, I have now started helping with um, supplier cleansing for STP, P2P implementations, and a little bit of database cleansing as well. So basically any dirty data that needs fixed, I am your lady. And I do want to start with just a really fun question. If you had one superpower, what would that be? (sighs) Oh, um, what would it be? I think reading minds. Reading minds. Yeah. That's that's an interesting one because I I'm not sure who would want to know what's in that some people's minds. Well, I think I think you'd really see how true people really are. That that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I think that'd be interesting from a an experimental point of view. I mean yeah. flying would be pretty cool as well. Yeah, you you could be really efficient though with the mind reading. So, for example, like with a coworker or a partner or something, you wouldn't have to do a lot of talking. You would just <laughs> yeah, yeah, or you know, preempt the questions in a in a negotiation. Oh, like, there you go. Head of the game, yeah. See, there you go. Yes. So I'm with you on the flying too. I I feel like mine would be some sort of either flying or transporting myself in some way. Like, how do they do it in Harry Potter? They I can't remember the term where they can go. Uh, the tele- no, not teleporting, is it? I don't think so. They have to do training for it. But anyway, I, I would be interested in that. Yeah, but then oh, time travel would also be pretty cool. I would love to go back in time and see how how it used to be. Yeah, that, that would be that would be cool. Not, not so interested in the future, but I'd love to see where we've come from. Yeah. Yeah, I I think we're both fans of Outlander, so that would be. (laughs) Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. So, um, so on to our more serious topics, although I don't know it's going to be completely serious. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's right. So, as you know, I'm a procurement novice, so I do need you to school me a bit on supplier data. And I'm going to start with a question that really shows how green I am to procurement. As you mentioned, um, telling us a bit about yourself, that you are the classification guru, and you mentioned things like taxonomy and and those types of things. Can you 
help me understand that a bit because I don't really understand what all those are. Yeah, sure. And actually, you know, take advantage of being the newbie in procurement. Ask all the questions that people who've been in procurement for a while are scared to ask now because they've been in procurement for a while. Um, There's still a lot of people out there in procurement with a lot of questions. They just don't want anyone to know that they don't know the answers. Yeah. Um, So the first thing is with a taxonomy, it can also be called a category tree. And that is what I use to classify my data. So it might have a level one, a level two, a level three. Level one might be IT, level two might be hardware, and then level three might be laptop, desktop or tablet. Um, But if you were to think about it in a more um, everyday setting, then if you are doing any kind of online shopping, there are taxonomies used to categorize the products, like if it's clothing. If you have a, you know, you have clothing, then it might be under ladies, then it might be under dresses, and then you might have summer dresses, evening dresses. That that's all a hierarchy and a categorization as well. So it's it, it's it's a kind of an intimidating word, but actually it's probably used a lot in everyday life, and we don't even realize it. Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense when you talk about online shopping. <laughs> I definitely get that. So, yeah, so it's it's kind of uh, uh, kind of breaking things down into their smaller groups. Yeah, so okay. that then you can do things like analysis or reporting. So you might want to know how many suppliers do I have in IT um, or how much am I spending on laptops? And when you have your classified data, you can start to answer those questions. Yeah, okay, that makes sense for sure. So that there's a lot of analysis involved. Um, analysis can be a scary word. It's just ordering your data in a way that makes more sense. You can look for cost savings or better negotiations with your suppliers. Um, supplier rationalization opportunities you know you might have 50 suppliers for office supplies you only need two or three and that knock-on effect of the cost of having that supplier on the system processing invoices you know that that's all unaccounted costs that nobody ever really thinks about yeah well at my local staples post-its are quite expensive (laughs) (laughs) It, it does help to, to get down to, you know, even well, the smaller things. Right? That's a really great example because, you know, you might be as a single person going off to Staples to buy some post-it notes. But as an organization, you could be buying them at half the price from a different supplier. Mm, okay. Or you could have different suppliers charging different prices for the same thing, but without categorizing your data like you know without categorizing your post-it notes into office supplies or even more detail like sticky notes you wouldn't know that yeah okay well good I'm glad I came up with a good example (laughs) (laughs) so it sounds like you spend a lot of time with data and based on your experience how healthy do you think the current state of supplier data is in general (laughs) um so it's not very good and has not been probably for decades you hear the people talking about how people have been complaining about the same issues for a long time 
And I think the biggest mistake that people are making is they might pay to cleanse their data, get it fixed, but then they don't maintain it. And so within 12 months, it's back to the state it was before you fixed it. Or there are quite a few companies out there who are aware that they have a data problem, but they're not willing to invest in it or spend any money to fix it. They're happy to just have wrong information. And, and what they don't really realise is that they could be making the wrong decisions based on that information. Right. And the, and the information, because the information may now be stale. Well, and, and it's incorrect. Um, yeah. So, you know, it could be, oh, we think we're going to do 50K this year with the supplier. But actually, that's because the data said that. But there was some missing data that hadn't been classified. And actually, it's closer to 100K. Well, that can make a huge difference in the price you pay for a service or a product. So it's it's really important to have that visibility. Right, right. Are are most of this this information um is it kept in like spreadsheets? Like how are they working with the information? Oh, it's all over the place. And it's quite often in more than one system as well. A lot of global companies will tell you that they maybe have I mean, I've heard up to 40 odd ERP CRM systems in one company, you know, different countries, different rules, different procedures, different standards. Um to get that all together and get a true picture of what's going on you know a lot of businesses still don't have that right especially I would assume smaller businesses as well yeah I think it's probably not such a big problem for smaller businesses because they are closer to their data and their clients and know what's going on um you know I would know for example how much I'm spending with supplier ABC but in a large organization, like with global presence, you could be paying hugely different prices for a laptop in different countries. Um, but, you know, until you have all the data in one place together. Um, and, and the other thing is, you know, you can have different column names in each data set for the same thing. So, you know, supplier name, vendor name, supplier, vendor. Yeah. company you know it, it's all the same thing so you have to standardize all that before you put it together so that you really get a true picture of what's going on it's like it's like a, a jigsaw really um until you put everything together you're only ever seeing a part of the puzzle you're not seeing the whole picture yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense and I, i've noticed that in other areas too where it's if you have to terminology matters Right. So if you're calling yeah. two different things, I imagine also businesses can go by different names as well. Right. So, oh, yeah. for example, IBM probably has several different names depending on what country you're in. Well, yeah. But not just that. I mean, I have still seen it. So you get your IBM, your IBM Inc., IBM Limited, I.B.M. But then I've seen international business machines. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's not been used for at least 20 years under that that guys um same with adp is a, a payroll company um you know their their full name is automatic data processing okay you know that you know that people still have that in their system because if you've been working with the same supplier for a number of years they you know they might have gone through a rebrand or a name change but you still have the original name on your system yeah 
Yeah. And then that means it's open to um, multiple versions of the same thing. So because someone has put international business machines, someone searches for IBM and can't find it. So they set up a new record. Then somebody else searches for IBM Limited. They can't find that. So they set up a new record and it goes on and on and on. Yeah, I, I have that same issue when I'm searching through my, um, you know, Word documents. If I don't put exactly <laughs> what I named it, you know, it's not yes. pull up what I need. So, yeah. yeah. Susan, are there any other like common issues that you've seen in terms of supplier data? The, there's a real issue with um, ownership of it, who's responsible for it. I think a lot of people who work with it are not necessarily data people. And so there's a bit of intimidation uh, involved because they feel like it's too big and too scary. Uh, in terms of the point of entry of the data, that's always a big issue. People putting in the wrong information. I mean, most of the time, data problems are people problems. It stems from somebody's put the wrong zero in or the wrong space or missed something out and then that causes a lot of problems gotcha um and i'm assuming they're they may have to because it seems sort of tedious that would kind of lend itself to a lot of these kind of errors yeah and nobody really wants to deal with it fix it look after it and so that's why i'm here really because i love it that is awesome and you make it seem so fun too um they can be. I mean, there's some really awful, awful data sets out there, but there's a lot that are fun as well and enjoyable. Yeah, well, you know, I noticed on LinkedIn that your header looks a little bit like my closet, like dirty clothes <laughs> included. So yeah. um, it says that you're the creator of Coat. Can you tell me what Coat is? Yes. So like I was saying, a lot of people that work with data are not necessarily data people and they find it intimidating and they don't want to get involved. So I created Coat to, you know, be able to some, for something organisations can use with everybody in the company that could understand it and it makes sense to them. So C is for consistency. So that's making sure that you're all talking in the same language, um, the same units of measure, um you know same currency um you know quite often liters is spelt differently in europe versus the us so you know decide on which version you'd like to go with dates is a problem especially now that we're all global it, it, you know if you're not aware of which date or yeah which date format your your spreadsheet is for so is it the US is it the UK because it could be two different very different months and then things might not not add up then you've got O for organization so that is basically uh, and this is what you've seen on my my LinkedIn banner it's um think of a, a messy closet and you know you have thrown your favorite top in there and when you go back to get it you know it's in there somewhere but you have to you know rummage around and it might be creased and a bit bit unkempt if you had organized that closet into trousers dresses tops etc and even by color if you want to go that extra level then you would be able to just go in pick up that top it would be nice and and crease free and ready to wear and you could just off you go and you've saved time, you've saved effort and you've just given yourself an, an easier life. 
so that is the same with data you know organize it by country by region by department by business unit there's loads of different ways that you can start to slice and dice it then of course you have to have accurate data so that is not necessarily always that it's correct but it could be fit for purpose and that will depend on, on what your business is and what it's doing and then once you have those three things, you finally have trustworthy data. And that means that you can start to make better business decisions. You're more confident in your data and you know you're doing the right thing for yourself and your team. That makes so much sense. And I'm also now feeling the urge to go clean my closet. <laughs> So I can do more online shopping. <laughs> yeah, well, the other thing is as well, I found it really hard to explain to people what I actually do. So by showing them messy clothes and tidy clothes as an analogy, people are like, OK, I get that. Yeah, it certainly helps with me as well. So I, I appreciate it. I noticed it right away. I was like, that is something that I can relate to. <laughs> Brilliant. So, yeah, and, and sort of that also that the maintenance you were talking about, like your clothes, you have to maintain them, right? You've got to yeah. wash them and, you know, make sure that they're not wrinkled and that kind of thing. So um, yeah, that's a really good analogy. Thank you for that. From the bit of research I've done, it seems like suppliers are often asked to complete a lot of questionnaires to provide um, the procurement teams this visibility into their compliance with areas um, like GDPR or diversity is a big one right now. Yeah. Um, do you see any scope of improvements that could be done to this area? So certainly within the whole diversity arena, I'm getting asked a lot about if I can categorise diverse suppliers. People want to know and start measuring that. It's a huge hot topic. Um, but the thing is with data, you can track anything you want if you have the information. So you have to just think about at the start of your project, when you're collecting the information, what, what's your end objective? And make sure that you're collecting the data you need for that. So if you're setting up a supplier, you know, are they marking themselves as diverse, as sustainable, um, as, as whatever? And then you can start to track that. Um, it's it's In the US, it's quite easy or easier to track these, these diverse companies, but it's pretty hard in the UK. Yeah, I, I, I have heard that there's new laws coming into effect, I believe, in August in the UK, I think. Oh, I, I, I've uh, heard but people are talking about it a lot, so that would make sense. Yeah, I'll have to have you back on to discuss that later. So do you think it would be a value to engage vendors who can help certify this data, um, you know, so that you have uh, trustworthiness um, in, in these areas such as diversity or sustainability? I think as as smaller as a smaller business, it's it's my responsibility to get myself out there and register in the right places. But I think, yeah, they need to make it easier for me to register somewhere centrally rather than loads of different organizations. Um, there, you know, there are a lot, a lot of companies out there who want that information. They just don't know where to find it. I want to do what I call extra credit time. So mm -hmm. I, I, this is the same question I'm asking at the end of each episode. And um, do you have any advice or hacks, tips that you would like to share with their audience who may be like me, a new kid on the procurement block? Yeah, so ask lots of questions. Don't be afraid to ask all the questions. Um, learn as much as you can. Um, 
take it in small chunks, don't, you know, don't try to, to learn everything at once. And if you are working with data, then the best tip I can give you, apart from making sure your data has its coat on, is to maintain it. So once you get it into a nice state and it's usable, keep it that way. Look at it monthly or quarterly. Make sure that, you know, nobody has accidentally deleted something or cut and paste over something or, you know, someone just has a, a different idea about what something should be, you know. By regularly doing that, you get the benefit of getting to know your data better, which means things that are a regular spend or that jump out will come to you much quicker if you look at your data on a regular basis. So you're really helping make your workload easier by kind of doing it like um, smaller and more often. So that would be my tip. I love that. Make sure your data has its code on. <clears throat> yeah. And it sounds like it needs regular trips to the dry cleaners. <laughs> well, yes, it does. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm also I also call myself Susan the Tailor because um, you know data is unique to each organization. It's not a an off the shelf kind of off the rack piece of clothing that you can buy it needs to be tailored to your organization's needs so that's where I come in and make sure that you get the perfect fit when you uh, get your data cleaned that is fabulous I love I love your <laughs> analogies oh I've got so many of them well before we wrap I I must also mention that I find your lip sync Sunday videos very <laughs> I Brilliant. would watch one and then it was like, okay, one more and then one more and ah. one more. So, and um, spoiler alert here, um, I laughed really hard when you pulled the cork out on Big Spender. I was expecting <laughs> that. <clears throat> yeah, that had so much fun doing that one. Yeah. Um, and I can't believe that I hadn't thought about it before. Um, but it just, I think I'd seen it on a TV program or something. And I was like, yes, I have to do this song. Yeah, so if anyone has yeah, anyone has any suggestions, I'm open to requests. Well, my request is because I'm a new kid on the procurement block that you do something from new kids on the block. Okay, <laughs> I'll have a look and see what I can I can find. And and real quickly, for our audience that might not be familiar with your YouTube channel, can you tell us kind of how your lip lip sync videos came about? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was about just over a year ago, just when lockdown started and someone challenged me to a lip sync off and it kind of just spiraled from there. Um, I did one and then I thought, oh, you know what, people are I'm bored, let's do another one. And then it was like maybe once every month I was doing it and then suddenly it became Lip Sync Sunday and, and now I'm posting like every Sunday a lip sync. And people really look forward to them. So I have a, I feel like I have a huge responsibility to to make sure that the song right is right and the entertainment level is funny enough. Right. Well, I I am now looking forward to Sunday. So <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't wait to see what's next. Yeah, you know, Susan, right. this has been such a surprisingly fun conversation about supplier data. <laughs> yeah, see, I can I'm I'm gonna convert you yet. You are, you are. Um what projects do you have on the horizon and how can our audience find you to follow and connect with you? 
So first of all, you can find me on LinkedIn, Susan Walsh, the classification guru. You'll find me pretty quickly. Um, you'll recognise me by the banner with the messy clothes and the coat reference to coat. Um, I'm also on uh, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. If you Google it, you will find me. Um, and then project-wise, I have like this impending tsunami of work that looks like it's coming over the horizon, which is, um, you know, obviously really great, um, but also slightly worrying because, you know, it's never timed perfectly. You know, it's like a bust. You know, you wait for one for ages and then two come along. Um, so I am working with things like classification projects. I'm doing potentially more um, supplier cleansing for P2P implementations. I'm also doing quite a few database cleanses. So there's plenty keeping my team and I out of trouble. And you also, am I correct that you have a book coming out? Oh, I kind of forget about that. Yeah, yeah. So um, so that is coming out mid-September. That's called Between the Spreadsheets, Classifying and Fixing Dirty Data. And again, that is, um, I, I decided to write that, not because I particularly wanted to write a book. I, I don't even really read books, but um, I really felt like there's a whole area of procurement and actually to an extent data as well that is neglected. And that's the cleansing part and also the classification and the normalization and the taxonomy there's there's very little training out there where people can go and and learn how to do it everyone's just kind of making it up as they go along or expected to know how to do it so i've written this book and it's kind of going to set some standards on how to do things um, and hopefully you, you know if whether you are completely new to procurement or data or you are already working in it, or whether you're a decision maker, there's something in this book for you. That's fantastic. And my, you know, I already want to read it just because of the title. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I really, um, I really wanted a fun title that reflected my personality. And I really want non-data people, as much as data and procurement people, to pick it up and go, that looks really interesting. You know, there's probably something in it, even for non-procurement data people as well. There's some really good stories in there. Well, if it's anything like you, it's going to be um, an interesting read. So it's, I... <laughs> it's kept the essence of me, um, which which I was really pleased about. I, the last thing I wanted was to lose my tone in the book. Yeah. And yeah. become just another formal book. So, yeah, there's definitely lots of fun and entertainment in there. Well, I look forward to reading that. And Susan, thank you so much for schooling me on supplier data. And I <laughs> would love to have you on again in the future. It'd be my pleasure. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Take care. Thank you. That's it for this episode of Procurement Block. I'd like to thank our guest, Susan Walsh, for joining me on the show. Procurement Block is produced by Trust Your Supplier. You can reach us at procurementblock.com. Show notes are available on our website, and you can leave your questions and comments via the listener comment form. Thank you for learning with me today. I'll leave you with wise words from Benjamin Franklin. An investment in knowledge pays the best interest. <laughs>